Shit. <laughs> it's all right, man. It happens. You know what? It's one of those things where we were kind of talking with uh, Greg Taylor the yeah. other day. Um, and that episode just went live today. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. It's a good one. And because we were kind of talking about leadership and things like sure. that. And one of his biggest piece of advice was, you know, learn from your mistakes. Oh, yeah. So, you know, oh, you're yeah. going to make mistakes. Absolutely. And especially being in a leadership position. Yeah. Make mistakes. Yeah. Don't make the same one twice. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. The thing is, I watched that yesterday. Yeah. Fantastic movie. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's set up for a second one. I can't wait. It's not, it looks like they're going to do like a whole, oh, yeah. no, whole it's, series. It's, it's going to be like John Wick, but with powers. John John Wick was... There's bad. only one John Wick, dude. I said it's like John Wick, but with powers. It's a lot of fighting, a lot of I, death, a lot of cool death scenes. Uh, yeah. I, 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 anytime John Wick is on, I'm stopping. Which one was your favorite? One, two, or three so far. They're set up for five. For real? Yeah. No way. <laughs> How many people can be left in the world? Because what's the death toll in those movies? I, don't know, I, think, I think he's. I think he's set the record so far. Yeah, he's got to be at least a thousand. He's killed about a thousand. We don't have to watch, worry about overpopulation. Yeah, let's. I don't want to meet John. They, they are in New York City. I want him to be my buddy. And there's assassins all over the world. <laughs> yeah. I want John. I want. I want to send him a friend I'm request. I'm gonna buy him two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna we're send Facebook him a, friends. Yeah, yeah. I'm, we're, I'm gonna send you a friend request. I'm buying him two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Look <yeah>. what I got. <laughs> Just for you, friend. And with that, welcome to the Washdown Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Green, co-host Chris Nelson, and today we are talking with Captain James Kelly. Salute. Who, 17 years on. Yes. Class ahead of us. Yes. Which we were talking about earlier. Just found for, out. Yeah. For some I, reason... I. And how do you think that I'm older than you? Well, no, I, not necessarily older. It's the way I you just, walk. I just, <laughs> you walk I like just, an old man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, really and truly, like you, 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 you look at some guys on the on the job, and they exude confidence. You know, you you, you see arrogance. You've been <laughs> over this. I've told you the difference between arrogance and confidence. Well, there there are some guys, and I, I won't name names, but some guys, when I finally found out how much time they have, I was like, wow, man, I thought you were like a 25-year vet. But some people just exude confidence, some too much so, some too much bravado. But, yeah, there's a lot of people. I, I think it's in the way. That's the entire, you, That's the fire service as a whole. Yeah. Doesn't matter where you're at, whether yeah. you're paid, volunteer. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Because I, I, I've ran into guys that I know are young on the job. And, I mean, they just exude confidence. You're like, wow, this guy is – he's ahead of his class. Like, he, 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 he has a knowledge base that is way above the time that he has on the job. Yeah, sometimes – and that's a good, not a bad thing, but it can get you in trouble too. Oh, yeah, 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 sometimes that's you true. you pull that back. Yeah. yeah. We all get that, oh, I got this, you run in, and you're like, yeah. oh, I messed up. And, you know, and I, I, I still, you know, even if I know the answer, sometimes I'll pull back and say I don't know just to see mm -hmm. if I can learn something to do or learn a different way of doing it. Yeah, see, there's a different answer. Yeah. Sometimes the way the question is asked, too. Sure. Have you ever noticed that? You're yeah. like, there's like five different answers. Which one are you looking for? Yeah. Because I give you one. I'm not wrong. Yeah. But yeah. it's not what you're looking for in this particular Absolutely. Yeah. conversation. Absolutely. So. so, speaking of all that. 
what got you into the fire service? Uh, uh, I remember, man, I was probably, I don't know, seven, eight, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, my grandfather's town home had caught on fire. And I remember hearing all the sirens and whatnot. I remember jumping on my bike trying to figure out where everything was and got around the corner and there's Grandpa with soot all over his face. And I see guys putting this fan in the window and I'm thinking, man, this is this is a, this is a cool thing to do. I, I was very grateful that um, they helped him out. The neighbors were grateful that they, they didn't burn down <laughs> their house. And um, I just thought, man, how cool it was. But uh, my path was a little bit different. Um, I ended up following what my parents wanted me to do. They wanted me to be a, a businessman of some sort. So I went off to college, went and did the whole corporate America thing, and I hated it. And um, I just remember driving home one day, and I saw a billboard that uh, a department was hiring. and um, That was I, it? I, that was it, man. I, I, I went home. I talked to my wife. I told her what I wanted to do. She said I was crazy, but if that's my <laughs> dream, she would support me, and uh, she did. Well, so, that's huge yeah. to have that yeah. support, especially, you know, I'm assuming, you know, you're working in corporate America, you're making oh, yeah. decent money. Yeah. And I re- like, hey, I'm going to take a huge pay cut <laughs> yeah. and go run into burning buildings. So, yeah, but so mom, mama makes a lot of money. So, yeah. well, it's just <laughs> so, a breadwinner. At, <laughs> at the time, though, she, she wasn't, though. She was in retail. And I mean, it was, we were making decent money, but I remember getting my first check. Uh, in the academy, did you look at it on both sides? And yeah, go, the rest I, I looked and I was like, uh, I remember raising my hands, like uh, I think they made a mistake, and they're like, no, that's, that's that that's actually more. You you'll once you get out, yep, into the that. field, you'll see a huge. I'm like, so I'm gonna get less. Like, yeah, you're you're on a different time scale right now, but just just wait. And I was like, wow, and. and I remember my wife was like, uh, did, did you, did you miss a couple of days? I said, no, that's, that's right. And everybody, you know, everybody said, be patient. You'll make it up in the end. You'll get there. And that's why you had to have a second job. Oh yeah. 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 I, yeah. But, um, yeah, she supported me. So, you know, when it came time for her to make her move into the field of nursing, I told us, you know what, you supported me go ahead and live out your dream and I'll take care of everything else. So here we are. Nice. He's got a nice house. <laughs> he will, don't let him fool you. No. It's beautiful. No. His, his wife runs a tight ship. Tight, yeah. Tight yeah. ship too. Well, yes. I, I went over. She's like, shoes. I was like, uh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the driveway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She, uh, she scared me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I was like, yeah, I'll just she, go barefoot. She's 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 the general. Yeah. She's very nice. She is. I liked her a lot. She was funny. But I'm scared of her. Yeah, me yeah. too. So not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> we were very nice. Hey, me too, man. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, no, no. So you have worked pretty much in the core, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so busy spots, seen a lot of stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then decided you want to step into a leadership role and get promoted. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you know, once I uh, applied and, and I got the job, I knew looking at the structure of the way the organization was uh, designed, I knew that I remember my interview, uh, I was talking to a, uh, one of the higher ups that interviewed me and he gave the whole thing of, you know, where do you see yourself in, you know, five years, 10 years and at the end of your career. And I remember saying, you know, at the end, you know, I, I, I'd like to be in your seat. And he kind of gave me this perplexed look like that's kind of ballsy, but I mean, you know, I, I, I'm the person that I, I do, I love a challenge. Um, I want to make sure that I'm given everything that I have and that I'm learning. Uh, I kind of get bored if I'm not learning, but, you know, I, I came into this craft wanting to make it to the top. So, you know, I, I don't make it a secret. I'd love to be a chief one day. That's the end game for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll see how far that takes me, but that's the end game for me is to have a white shirt. Same here. Yeah. I can't get the blue shirt. And I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't knock guys for not wanting uh, to promote. But, but the only thing I say to those guys, and in, in, in any, any department that you're with, be the best that you can be wherever you choose to stay. If you choose to stay as a firefighter, you need to be the best firefighter you can be. Never stop learning. The moment, in my mind, this is what I always say: if the moment I feel like I know everything I need to know about the job, that's probably the time I need to retire. So you never yeah. retire? No. You can never. You can never. I mean, this. You know, and I was talking to, and I won't mention any names, but I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who he's got about five years on or whatever, and he is now the senior firefighter at his station. Yeah. And it's pretty busy. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. You know, it's like he he's a competent guy. He knows the job. Sure. I mean, but he's like, well, I got this issue and this issue and this issue, and I'm like, well, I mean, you're the senior firefighter you need to step up and lead because, and you can tell me if I'm way off here or whatever, but the way that I see it is there needs to be leadership at all levels in any organization. Absolutely. So, you know, Hey, take those guys by the hand and help them advance to where they need to be, where they're competent and, you know, you don't have to worry about them. Absolutely. And then that pays dividends later on. Sure. I mean, that, that's, that's your that's your role. Uh, you don't step in the role of a supervisor, but you you take the knowledge that you have and you impart that on somebody else, uh, and you learn on the way. I mean, like I said, five years on, yeah, there's still a whole lot that that person needs to learn. But what you have, mm-hmm. impart that knowledge onto somebody else, um, and 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 help learn on the way. When you find out something new, pass you it share on. it, pass it on, and I think that's kind of a hidden treasure in this industry is I, I think you, we've, we try to, nobody's gonna, we don't willingly give information out. We want to see if the person is worthy of what we have to, to, to share. And it's like, well, if, 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 if we're in the same district and we're on the same rig, then I probably need to know what you know, you yeah. know, it, it needs to be. And, and when I was in Midtown, I think that was the beauty of our company is that it took some time. We were probably the longest tenured company together in our district, but we didn't have to, we pull up on a house fire or anything. There was minimal talk. I mean, we knew exactly where each one was going to go, what we we're going to do. 
we knew the next move. If, 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 if we saw that the fire was here, we knew exactly what to do. There was little to no talking. It was just straight work, but that took time. That took yeah. us having conversations coming back from, you know, working fires, sitting down at the table like this and having a discussion like, Hey, this is why I did this. Did you see that? I didn't see that. Okay. So the next time we get something, which you probably will, have that in the back of your mind. Like I never, I know nothing about construction. And so uh, the senior firefighter at the time when I got down there, he said, Daniel, every time we go into an EMS call, just look at the layout of the house. And I was like, that's stupid. Why would I do that? And he's like, it tells you everything you need to know. I didn't know what a dormer was or, you know, knee walls and all that. But as we got into that, we started having those conversations. Now I'm like, oh, yeah. There's a lot more to this than I thought. I thought it was just like like they all told you the academy. You know, you put the wet stuff on the hot stuff, everything's good. That's the general premise, but there's way more to it than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the first grade math. Yeah. Now, yeah. now you're in college calculus. <laughs> right. I was like, there's, Whoa. there's a lot there's a lot to that and a lot of the public doesn't understand that. Yeah. That there's a lot that goes into what we do and why we do what we do. And why we do it the way we do it. Yeah. Whether it's yeah. an EMS call, car wreck. Absolutely. A house fire. Absolutely. Even, even an automatic alarm. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a reason we do things the way we do it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then being able to basically multitask. Yeah. Of taking, mm -hmm. okay, so we're in this situation, like yeah. you said, an EMS call. Mm -hmm. And we're doing our job here. Yeah. But we're also looking. Yeah. And saying, okay, well, if we had a fire here. Yeah. You know, and just noticing things. Yep. Then going back and talking about it. Yeah. So yeah, as you're walking in that house to the, to the patient, notice where you're going, where the, where the stairs are, yeah. is the kitchen open or not, which side of the house is it on? Because yeah. you might have it. Because I'll look on the outside as we're walking up, as we pull up, like okay, should we kind of like this? Yeah. Then you walk in, you're like, uh, Whoa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this doesn't look, at all look like especially, the yeah, especially in Midtown. You're like, yeah, because you never know what you're going to walk into, especially down there. Yeah, this is yeah. not what I thought it was going to look like. like yeah. You could have five houses in a row, and they're all. Built the exact same on the outside. Yeah. Do you go on the inside? You're like, what? What well, you yeah. do? Yeah. I mean, it's an older part of the city. Yeah. Sure. That house House converted, been remodeled, yep. converted, like yep. you said. So, and then yep. what type of woods in it? Because like one block, you had those those big old houses. Yeah. And they had handcrafted massive pieces of wood. They were beautiful. Yeah. And then you go to the next floor, and it's totally different. <laughs> You're like, what happened? All the look, that wood. Yeah. Oh, we took it out. Yeah. So yeah. that it changes floor to floor too. Yeah. You know, the floor the floor above might be a different layout. Because oh, yeah. how many of those were converted into like apartments? Oh, dude, because those houses were massive. That was yeah. And you now got it's those two and a half, three story houses. You're like, wow, yeah, yeah. So, and then, yeah. You know, some of might have had a padlock on the outside. Mm -hmm. Something to think about. Like that's yeah. what I never thought about. In the exactly. part of the city I worked. Yeah, you never thought. Like, okay, so I you never, start learning. Yeah, you never thought to look <clears throat> look for mailboxes. Is there more than one mailbox? Mm -hmm. Are there more than one gas meter? Those are two front doors. Two front doors. Like, what? So which which door is the main level? Which door is the upstairs? Yeah. So, I mean, and, and like I said, it, I, I think it started off where I kind of had to show myself worthy of the information. But eventually the information was forthcoming and it was just, I learned so much. Mm -hmm. And that was the reason that I, I was glad that I had the opportunity <laughs> to get down there because... I mean, the only way you get proficient at anything is that if you do it. And I knew that where I was at prior to getting down there, we were doing the job, but it was at a slower pace. We didn't have the reps that certain certain districts and certain stations had. So it was very advantageous. Uh, I was blessed to get down there. Um, 
I had a ball. Uh, would I go back now? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, just I'm a little don't. bit heavier, a little older. <laughs> Knees don't move like they used to. But uh, I had a ball, man, and I learned a lot. So my, my, my job now is to take what I've learned and impart that to – Sounds like the old man now to the next generation, but well, that's the thing with the position you're in now—not just as a captain, but in the spot you're in. Yeah, you're. Able, it's easier for you to get around to all those different sure stations that and if district, you, and you're able to, to yeah impart that knowledge and not just knowledge but wisdom. Yeah, you know, and, and and you know, we're sitting here. We're all we're the old guys now. You know, when we first came on, we were that bright-eyed, bushy-tailed kid. Now we're the old guy that. That eye bright open. eye, yeah. <laughs> Cigarette <laughs> and like, Get my heart my coffee, kid. Now, <laughs> now that bright eye, bushy tail kid is coming to you like, hey, what do you want? What do I do? And it's yeah. like, okay. I'm like, hey, hey, just wait a second. Yeah, yeah. And, and, Let me and, think about this for And we, we got that when we when we came on the job. We got that, hey, yeah. you know, it'll, slow, it'll come to slow you. Slow down. Yeah, yeah. That's the biggest thing. Slow exactly. Down. Yeah. I don't know how many times I was told to slow yeah. down. Now the kid, I got some young kid. Hey, man, can, you, can we go faster? No. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're at the right speed. Yeah, we're 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 the old we're the old heads now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's not kind of nice about in the role I'm in. I mean, yeah, I'm just I'm still a firefighter, but being a medic, I, I'll get detailed to stations absolutely to work as a medic, which is fine. I'll take overtime as a medic, whether it's an ambulance or a pumper, sure, and at different stations. Yeah, and you got a lot of young guys in the area that we're in, absolutely, and just having conversations. We got some older drivers that have been driving for a long time. Mm-hmm. And they're going to know something that, that I don't, so you learn. Sure. I know something they don't, sure. so they learn. And just these young kids are soaking it up. Yep. Yep. That's, yeah. That's nice being able to – and even the young kids, you might learn something new. Absolutely. Because, I mean, we're computer heavy now. Yeah. And you need to do this with the with the computer in the in the rig? Yeah. No. Yeah. Do it again. <laughs> exactly. Wait, can wait, you, slow down. Can you write that down yeah. for me? Do, do that one more time. Do you have a YouTube video? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get my pen and paper yeah. and I'm going to take notes. Yeah. Yeah. We well, had a guy that, you know, he showed me some on my phone. I was like, I had no idea my phone could do that. He's like, oh, yeah, that's it's scary what first generation. Do. I was like, geez, Louise. Yeah. <laughs> can, can I make a phone call and text? I'm good. I kind of I kind of want to revisit something that, sure. you, that you said about the whole um, information being volunteered sure. or, or given. Why do you think it is that we do that, that we we want people to or, you know, whenever they get on, we want them to ask, you know, show us that you're worthy of. Why do we do that? I, I think um, th- this is the type of job or career path or craft, as you would, I would call it. Um, you have to be self-motivated. And I think if. If you don't seek the knowledge out, then it won't come to you. The, the, this generation is a textbook generation. I think that um, they're very smart, uh, computer savvy, book savvy. But we all know there is a there's a textbook way to do things and there's the practical way that we do things on the job. Um, the mm-hmm. textbook way is not wrong. But we know that from being on the job, there is a, a I won't X say factor. better. It's but an X there, factor that you have to sure, take into account. There, there, there's, a, there's a more proficient way that we can do things. So I think people want, the older guy wants to know that the younger guy 
has that self-motivation, that drive, that that self-determination to be better. So and too, I think it also is is it's a kind of a way for the older guy to feel relevant again. You know, hey, if you come and find me and ask me about throwing a ladder or ask me how to advance a hand line, then they're like, okay, now I'm relevant still. I can take the knowledge that I have and I can give it to this young guy. But I think that is – I just think that the job is you have to be self-motivated. And I tell everybody that I talk to, the younger guys that come in, I'm like, this is not a job you can just like. If you don't love this job, it'll be miserable. So in order for you to love it, you have to throw yourself into the job. And I think that's something that is harder for – even like when we took that millennial class, they talked about how millennials are – I'm trying to, Dread trying to yeah, try to be politically correct here, but not that they're not motivated, but they're they're It's easy to lose interest in things. And, and I think that um, in dealing with that, that younger generation, we have to find a way to pique their interests. So I think it, it's important that they take the initiative. Tell me what you want to know. Tell me what you what you're looking for on this job and let me help you find that way. But, um, so I think it goes just a little bit further with making somebody ask is if you ask, you're more apt to learn and learn sure, better. Absolutely. If I come right. to you and say, Hey, this is what we're doing today. Yep. You're going to get about 30 seconds yep. and they're going to be zoned out, spaced off. Absolutely. And not caring because it's not something they want to learn yeah. just yet. Well, and we have run into that ourselves. Yeah. And we've had that exact situation of mm-hmm. trying to, you know, one guy on a company, because again, won't name any names sure. or any details, but you know, we're working together at a place and two guys on the company come up and say, Hey, we want to learn this. So we go out and then we've got one member of the crew who, well, he's over here playing on his phone yeah. while we're trying to teach. Yeah. And I don't know. For me, that's really frustrating. Sure. Yeah. It's because when you, when you hey, go out training, to be as a crew and everybody needs to buy in. Absolutely. Yeah. Whether you want to be there or not. Yeah. Because yeah. we all have the days where yeah. we don't want to train. Absolutely. We're tired. We're cranky. We're in a bad mood for whatever reason. You've been up. You've you've worked overtime. You worked you've been overtime. up all night. You got a new baby. You've been up all night. I mean, we've all been there. Uh, so. Um, when you, and you got to change your tactics too, depending on somebody's size. Yeah. You can do things that I can't do. Sure. I can do things that you two can't do because of height, and then you sh- sheer muscle size. You know, I think a prime example is uh, there is a crew uh, where I'm at now. Uh, they have um, they have a few female firefighters, very small, petite young ladies, um, and uh, their driver has taken an interest in training them. They've expressed interest uh, that they want to be better. Um, They've been kind of getting through social media. They've been getting kind of blowback of, hey, you know, as a woman, you shouldn't be here. How are you on the job? And you're, you know, this small and that small. So they they sought him out to say, hey, how do I do? How do I become better at this position? And um, we've watched some drills and these young ladies, they can throw a 24 foot ladder by themselves. I mean, and they're they're probably a fourth of me. And they, I've seen it done. I mean, with four gear on, they've drugged the ladder off, threw it up against the building, walked it up, 
Got the that's rungs that, up. That's that, that's that drive that yeah. everybody needs to have. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're male or female. Absolutely. You know, big or small. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. you yeah. got to have that drive to learn to do better because yeah. when you come on this job, you can get through some things at a sheer strength. Sure. But that doesn't mean it's right. Absolutely. Well, and, and let me. And I don't care if you're male or female. If you want to learn, you're going to learn. Yeah. yeah. Well, and here's the here's the bottom line with that, though. It, it doesn't matter, you know, like you said, big or small. Sure. We're not doing things by ourselves. Mm-hmm. We never should be doing anything by ourselves. Yeah. So you should always have someone because this is basically, and I like to say, this is a team sport. Sure. So you got your team with you. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be strong or weak in certain areas, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why it's a team. You pick up yeah. each other's slack, Yeah. you know, so. Yeah. And yeah, I, 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 I think those young ladies, they had something to prove because... <laughs> right, wrong, or indifferent, those videos got out. And I'm like, I get it. You know, you have something to prove, but you're right. I mean, there's there's no reason that anybody should be, you know, throwing a ladder by themselves. But I think there was a, there was a point to prove that I can do this job. I deserve to be here. I'm deserving. And, and, and you know, they're working hard. You know, they're working hard, and I'm proud of them. I, I, I have to yeah. say – they proved me wrong. I didn't I didn't think that they didn't belong, but I questioned, you know, why are you here? Are you here for the namesake or are you here because you actually want to do this and you want to be the best at it? And then they proved me wrong. So kudos to them. Hats off to them. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just That's all I'd, of us. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm never being asked. Why are you here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is it the name? Oh, yeah. Or do you really want to do this? Yeah. yeah. When I when I first got down to Midtown, that was the question. Is like, you know, why are you here? Why do you want to be here? You know, do you want that name on the back of your shirt? Do you want this logo? And I'm like, that doesn't even matter. Like, and, and for years, I never had shirt with our company name on there. But, you know, my my sole purpose for going to the Midtown area was to get better, mm-hmm. to learn my craft so that I can eventually promote, you know, and I think that, again, if you're self-motivated, if you're self-driven, then you'll you'll go far, but I think a lot of times people get, I think people are afraid to ask the question, you know, and, and we've talked about that earlier um, off the air about, um you know, being being that person that um, you know what what's what what is your what's your why? Why do you want to you know do what you're doing? Um, you know, my mine my reason was to me. I, I always look at it as sometimes you got to be selfish. Um, you know, there there was blowback for me uh, leaving where I was at. Um, a lot of people told me I wouldn't make it down there, um, just because of who I am. Um, you know, I, I, I know when I went down there, there were not a lot of people that, there were not a lot of blacks down there. And, um, you know, I, I had the peanut gallery for lack of better terminology telling me that I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't be liked down there. You know, it's not the place for us. And I'm like, who is us? You know, I'm a firefighter. This is what I want to do I want to be the best at what I do and um, 
you know, so, so, so my motivation was to, to better myself, but it's also to prove people wrong that, you know, it doesn't matter what you are, who you are. Um, if you have, you know, the right motives for doing what you're doing, you'll be successful in that. And I would have never stayed down there for 10 years if I would have listened to what people thought or what they said would happen to me. Um, so it was it, to me, it was a, that was the best move of my career was being able to go and get better at my craft. Yeah. Well, you know, and it seems like, I mean, we see this in just regular population culture, whatever sure. is there seems to be a narrative and then everybody kind of buys into that sure. without actually taking the time to look at the facts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're the wrong color to work down sure. there. Okay. Well, why? You yeah. Know? I mean, I go down there, I bust my ass, I work hard. Everybody likes me. Yeah. So why was I the wrong color to work yeah. here? You I mean, what? have you worked down here? Exactly. And I, you know, I, I think fire department, fire service as in, a, in general, I mean, we're just a microcosm of what society is. I mean, you think about it, you've got in a large size department, you've got 14, 1500 people. So you've got a good mixture of everyone. You're not going to always get along. We know that we've been in co on companies <laughs> where, you know, it, it is, it's like your family. I mean, you, you have those days where, man, this is my buddy. I love him. And you have days where you're like, you know what, what a jack wagon today. Like, I, I don't even want to be with you today. But I mean, I, I, I think at I the end of the day, the time. <laughs> <laughs> he's always on my nerves. At the, <laughs> at the end of the day, though, I mean, we come together for a common goal and that's just to serve the community. You know, we want to be better, make the city better, um, be proficient at what we do. So I think when you, you take, yourself out of the equation you look at how can i make us better then 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 you're headed to the right direction yeah yeah well like i said it's it's all part of being a team yeah you know yeah and it's the we before i yeah you know yeah so i don't know that's the way that i've always absolutely and i think that i mean you know that that type of mentality takes you a long way and in, in in a department or in a in a situation like we're we're in, I mean, if you take yourself out of the equation, you start looking at the bigger picture, the us, the we, then I mean, yeah, you're headed in the right direction. But I think a lot of times it's always about I, 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 me, me, me. But yeah, and I think again, that's in society too. You know, we try to be the best I, I can be or the best me I can be, but. If you start looking at it as a whole and the, at the bigger picture of it, you know, how can we be better? How can we get to this point? I think you'll, you'll, you'll be better off for it. I think society will be better off for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you see with the rise of social media mm -hmm. and things like that, mm -hmm. that's what they're pitching. It's yeah. the, it's the eye. It's yeah. the eye. It's the eye. Yeah. How can I get famous for nothing? Yeah. How can I make a bunch of money <laughs> doing whatever yeah. and not really have any real skills yeah. and not make the world a better place? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. But we all got into this job because we want to help people. Yeah. You know, or it was in, impacted. We were impacted in a certain way. Yeah, or, absolutely. You know, at some point in time said, okay, you know what? I want to give back. I want to do. Yeah whatever absolutely i think that's the bet the best gift to me is just you know you you pull up on the scene and you see somebody's demeanor or the situation 
change just like that because you showed up. You've helped them. You know, they've called you when they've exhausted all plausible uh, help. I mean, we're, we're the last line of defense. I mean, they, this person has called us, whether it's 2 o'clock in the morning and they can't breathe for four days, they call us because they've tried everything. So we think. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it's amazing how you get there and then all of a sudden – it's calm. And I think for me, that's the, that's the gratifying part is, you know what, I just made a difference. You know, yeah, I'm in my tired, yeah, but I made a difference. And yeah. that, that keeps you coming back. That keeps us coming back every third day. Yeah. So and let it's, me. It's not just the patient we treat, it's the family too. Yeah. People yeah. People realize that. Yeah. Because, you know, we come in, we're calm, never run. Yeah. Yeah, well. And that comes every day. Most, most of us. <laughs> some, some people get spun out, but. Yeah. So, and let me ask you that. Yeah. So you worked in a really busy spot for a really long time. Yeah. And I'm, you saw some horrendous stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How do you deal with that and move on and not let it bleed over into your personal life? And uh, The biggest thing for me is uh, I told myself and I told my wife uh, when I first started that I would never bring work home. Um yeah, I, I've seen seen a lot, uh, done a lot, and um, I don't bring it home. I, I talk to, and I think that, again, boils down to the relationship that you have with the people that you work with. If you can have a conversation, an open conversation about how you feel and, and you know how that call made you feel, if you can express that to the guys that were there with you and you can talk through it, then I think you – you're better for it. I think, um, you know, we, th- there is a mentality that, you know, if I show my emotions about a certain call or a certain situation that we were in, then I'm weak. But I think that's kind of what has gotten us to that point of mental instability, if you will, uh, on this job. And you see the rise in PTSD uh, throughout fire services, period. And I think what we've done is We've internalized it too much. We we hold on to it. We don't talk about it. Uh, but I think it's good, though. I mean, if you talk about it, talk about, you know, the situation that you're in and, and how we can be better. And, and, and you you kind of you, you sort of remove the blame from that. You know, you start looking at certain situations, you know, that person might not have made it if you were there, you know, 30 minutes earlier. But um, if you can talk through those things with the people that uh, you were there with, and if your organization has certain procedures in place where you can go and talk to people, I think that's the best thing. And that's I've never used those situations as far as uh, resources that uh, our department has, but I've always been able to have open and candid conversations about our calls. And I think that was a very fortunate thing that I was in is I, I, I worked well with the guys that I worked with and we were able to have those conversations, whether it was, you know, a fatality or whatever. I mean, we were able to talk through those things. And I, I just, I never brought it home. And I still, to this day, I won't bring it home. You know, my wife will see certain things on TV and she'll ask me about it. And I'll ask her like, do you really want to know, or do you want me to, and she's like, well, did you get it off your chest? I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I, I left it at the station. I'm fine. But, um, I would be lying if I said that, um, there are still calls today that I ran years ago that I can still 
like vividly play in my mind. But it doesn't bother me to the point where I'm harping on it or I'm griping on it, but I can still replay the whole scene in my head, you know, especially those that involve uh, little ones. Mm-hmm. Those always stick with you. But um, again, being able to talk that over with your crew, it helps a lot. And yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is that if you can talk it out, you will be better. I can't say you'll be fine, but you'll be better for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we have the whole procedure of the hot wash and mm-hmm. critical incident stress debriefing mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And we, you know, it sounds like you were on a crew where you did that informally. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think, yeah, I mean, that's so helpful absolutely. because basically what the science shows is that if you're able to do that immediately, yeah, then you don't get the set in, Yeah, you know, because PTS, post-traumatic stress, that's a natural thing. And it, everybody gets it for whatever reason. Really? Yeah. You have a, any type of trauma, you've got PTS. Wow. Where it becomes a problem is whenever it turns into PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. and it's gone on for that week, two weeks, three weeks. Wow. And then it becomes a long-term problem. <laughs> that's, so yeah. by, by being able to go back to the station, have that conversation, yeah. you just moved all the way through that process mm. in a couple hours. Yeah, maybe that's why it's never – like I said, I, I, I still remember things, but I can remember – you know, we'll get back. We would get back from a call at, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning and we would throw a pot of coffee on and we would sit down and we would just have a conversation until shift change. You look up and like, wow, OK, crew's yeah. here and it, we missed out on sleep, but I feel better. Yeah, I feel better now. And what you're able to do is you're able to take that memory, that event yeah. and move it to a different section of your mind. Mm. So that way it's not you still have the memory. Sure. But the emotions that are attached to that memory yeah. aren't the same. Wow, that makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> I so learned something today. You guys were doing it right all along. Man, you didn't even man. know. Yeah, we just thought we were just <laughs> shooting the breeze and, and just kind of working through things. But that makes sense, though. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, because, I mean, you guys know, I mean, on this job, you see some everything. I mean, there's there's no, nothing on this job anymore surprised me. Even the the goofiest call. I mean, you you're you're shocked but you're not surprised it's like yeah yeah i, I can see how that could happen <laughs> I, I think, yeah it's like i just want to know how it happened yeah yeah you know? what were you yeah. doing what were you thinking this day and age you never know they might like hey you want to watch it yeah <laughs> yeah i got exactly everybody's got a camera like, hey, hey, man, show you how you text that to me that way i can show yeah. the hospital yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no, that's that, good man i never i never knew that that's awesome i yeah. appreciate that information yeah yeah well you know that's why that's why he married a counselor. Boom. Yeah. He got all that information from her. I did. Make himself look smarter. Yep. Uh-huh. He's like, nobody's gonna call me out. See, and I then told his buddy you. Buddy comes man. over. He's like, no, 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 yeah. No. Well, dude, I mean, it's <laughs> from her. wise it's a, beyond your years of service. Exactly. exactly. It's yeah. a lot of that, and you know, going through my own stuff that I went through, and then the classes, know, all the classes sure. that I took, and then I've continued with you know reading books and. I can't take all the credit. My wife is like, here, read this and just throwing stuff at but me. See, yeah. That's, that's, but, the, yeah, that's know. the type of information that, that needs to be out there. I mean, you, you'll see, and you'll see, especially today, you'll see the younger guys, they'll take it more personal. So, I mean, yeah. it's good to have a guy like you around that. Hey man, let me, let me give you this. Let me show you how to maneuver through this thing. And, and, and that's, to me, that's, that's, the most important piece because if we aren't 
if we aren't mentally stable on this job, then we're no good. I mean, if, if you've lost your, your mental, whether you're pulling up on a house fire, a car wreck, EMS call, whatever, if you don't have your mindset right, if you don't have your game face on, you're no good. You're no yeah. good to that scene. So, I mean, that's, that's an important tool that you have in your bag that you can share with the next generation. Like, hey, I've been there. Here's how I got through it. Yeah. I think that's important. Well, and that's, you know, we're starting to see that shift. Slowly. Uh, slowly of other guys that have those, those same tools sure. in their tool bag. And, yeah. You know, again, it's a slow process because sure. the culture still, I mean, we still have those guys like you were talking about. If you show emotion, you're weak yeah. and all of this yeah. and all of that. Okay. All that's going to do is what it's done in the past. Yeah. Okay. How many marriages are you on now? Yeah. Um, yeah. How much do you drink a yeah. day? You know, how many girlfriends do you have? Yeah. Uh, you yep. go down all that whole list because yeah. those are the normal behaviors of what guys are doing to deal with their stress mm, level to suppress and, that emotion. And suppress yeah. that emotion. And you know, we've talked about it before, but alcohol is a huge one. That's huge. I mean, man. it's like, Hey, we had a rough call. Okay. We got off shift. We're going straight to the bar. Straight, yeah. We're going to get, you know, <laughs> yeah. just falling down drunk and then everything's fine. Well, yeah. everything's not fine. No, you still got to come back the next shift or yeah. you wake up. 12 hours later, you still got to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You could definitely see a shift in the industry. Yeah, you're right. There there were a lot of guys that, you know, would suppress that emotion through, you know, alcohol or drugs and things of that nature. And I didn't, until you said that, I never put those two together. Like, that's what they're doing. They're trying to, they're trying to suppress it instead of actually deal with it. I'm just going to yeah. cover it up. Wow. So, hmm. and you know, there's a whole bunch of research and science about all of that stuff, but, but what a, a lot of it, what it boils down to is a lot of people that get into these types of jobs, be it fire service, police, military, whatever, sure. we all have a certain type of, uh, personality, mm-hmm. you know, we're that type a, type a you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I'm going to help everybody. I don't need any help. Mm. And yeah. Down yep. you go. Yep. You know. Wow. That's huge, man. I, you know, I I wouldn't consider myself type A, but I, I yeah, I could see that though. I yeah. could definitely see that. You know, we are help everybody before we help ourselves. Yeah. Wow. I just learned something else. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Learning every day. We're, then we're done for the day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's go have a drink now. <laughs> are you buying? Sure. I'll drink his. Yeah, <laughs> I did my drinker for the month. I'm good. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's that's good information, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. So, why don't we talk a little bit about your current position okay. as a district safety officer? Uh, sure. Uh, when I promoted, um, you know i I had no idea where I wanted to go. Um, but as a floating captain, um, I got a few opportunities to drive uh, the chief, the district DSO, and uh, I slowly learned to love that position. And I think I, I fell in love with it because it was something that was different. Uh, it was unique to us. Um, nothing like anything I've ever done on this job. I mean, we're used to... Um, you know, 
arriving at a fire. We know exactly what we're doing. We're grabbing the hose line, you know, flaking it out. Boom, we're going. And we got a tool in our hand. As a DSO, um, it's kind of it's kind of totally opposite. I mean, you you have your certain tasks that you're to do in the beginning, but a lot of it is is for lack of a better term, it's standing around. It's making sure that everybody is maneuvering in a safe environment. Um, but it also allows you to see uh, a different side of the job, the administrative side, which um, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, you see, you know, where people are strong and proficient, but then you get to see the admin side where people are struggling, uh, where people are, you know, suppressing those emotions and you have to deal, you have to see the chief deal with the admin side of, you know, getting people help, making sure that that person is not only safe physically, but how's your mental. Um, and I think that is the, the uniqueness of it all is that, um, you're, you're like uh, you're a glorified secretary, which I, I, I again I, I enjoy it. Hey man, administrative assistant. Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, I I, I I I just I it was different, and I, I fell in love with it. Um, you know, I I didn't think I would like it, but just to see that side of the job, you know, the the more administrative side was uh it was it was eye opening i mean it definitely makes you sit back and think about you know before you became you know a captain how how much I guess, you were yeah how, yeah how jaded <laughs> how, how like really how jaded you were to the whole admin side you know i again i tip my hat to anybody that's in management in the fire services because I just thought it was, hey, you just sit there, click a few buttons, and you sit back and let things happen. But no, there's a there's a whole lot that goes into it that I think people don't know until you get into that role of either a chief or that assistant to where you're like, wow, this is a lot tougher than I thought. And uh, I embrace it, man. I, I enjoy it. I love it. I I I. I still love to come to work every third day, and I think that. I would have still loved it if I was uh, on a company with the crew, but I think this has just kind of reinvigorated me to to become better at that side of it. I mean, it, and me and my chief, we talk every day, and he gives me critiques like, hey, you know, next time, think about this. You know, when you talk to these guys, because I try to be the buffer in between him and the crew, so, you know, I'll step in to keep him from hearing certain things. And I'll be that guy to say, hey, this is probably the road to go down next time. Or, you know, don't do it this way, do it this way. So you kind of, you're that guide. You're, you're kind of like a guidance counselor. I'm going to give you some advice. You can take that <laughs> advice or you can take what's behind door number one. So. <laughs> So, I, I don't recommend. Yeah, I don't. I don't recommend going behind door number one. This is the path I would go down. But yeah, it, it is. It's 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 um, it's eye opening. But I, I mean, I I love it. And and you know, when you guys promote promote not if but when you guys promote, I, I highly recommend when you have the option to stay in the buggy, and uh, take on that role of DSO. You you'll it'll be different. You'll feel like. Um, you're out of place 
your first go round, but eventually you'll get a rhythm and you'll understand what needs to be done and you'll just go to it. You'll just gravitate to it. Yeah. So I think that, and again, limited understanding of the position. I know we sat and talked sure. for probably an hour and a half that night, yeah. you know, about it. Cause I was picking your brain. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it, you are that buffer. Sure. You know? Yep. So I think that's, what's intriguing about it. You know, obviously learning a different skill set and learning yeah. a different side of the yeah. job. Yeah. But also, you know, you carry a lot of responsibility in Absolutely. that position yeah. of, you know, the chief leans on you mm-hmm. to do certain things. Yeah. And then the district actually leans on you yeah. to do a whole nother set of things. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's the uniqueness. I, you, you want, you want, so the, the, the odd side of it all is, once you promote and and you'll still feel like you're one of the guys, but in essence, you're, you're not, I mean, you're a supervisor. So, I mean, there's, you're still that cool guy, but you guys know that there are certain conversations that we'll have that we won't let uh, the captain or the chief know about. Yeah. So you still have to, you have to maintain that level of integrity with the crews that, Hey, you know, I, I've got your back. I'm here to help you, but there's still a level of trust that you got to you've got to earn it from those guys. And I think that's the hardest part. You get a lot of guys who will promote, and now they're this big bad guy. I've got bars on my collar, and you know you're gonna respect my authority. And it's like let's <laughs> let's let's pump the brakes on that. You know you you have to gain the trust. You know you have trust amongst firefighters, which is it should be. But then as a, as an officer now, you have to regain that trust because if we're honest with ourselves, we we look at an officer as someone who's in charge, someone who can tell us what to do, someone who is the disciplinarian. We look at it that way, but, you know, you start looking at the structure, the officer, he's not the disciplinarian, but he can also be the guy that helps you through certain situations. So, I mean, you you, you do have to earn that trust from from your crews, uh, from the people that work underneath you. And, and they have to be able to to put an amount of trust in you that, you know, you're not going to go behind their back and do them wrong. You're going to help them. And I think that's the one thing that's the hardest thing to overcome is to to gain the trust of your crew. And as a safety officer, you have to gain the trust of an entire district, even your peers, even the captains that you uh, work around. They've got to be able to trust you that, hey, if I come to you, and confidence, it may not be something that they want that chief to know. Maybe I'm coming to you for advice. Maybe I'm right. coming to you to see how we can handle this on this level to where the chief doesn't have to get involved. So you have to have that level of confidence and trust within uh, amongst your peers and amongst those that, that are underneath you that, hey, I'm, I'm here to help you. Um, I got your back. And I think that's the biggest thing is I try to make sure that, you know, my chief knows that, I'm not going to come to you with the small things. If I feel like it's something that warrants your attention, hey, I'm going to let, I'm going to give you a heads up. But if it's something that we can handle, that's not going to get anybody hurt or anything. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bother you with that because I know again, from the admin side, you got a lot on your plate. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to be your buffer. I'm going to tell you, Hey, this is important. I got the other stuff. You take care of that. I got this. Yeah. yeah. So you're the ambassador. 
Yeah, yeah, I I am the 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 UN ambassador for <laughs> for my district. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Conciliary. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We just want Italian all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I will say this from the time that I've. Put your headset no, back on. <laughs> From the time that, uh, you know, I did work with you yes. in that district, I was impressed. With, well, I appreciate you that, know, man. You know, the uh, couple uh, fires that we had yeah. with you and then just the way that you handle yourself on a day-to-day basis. Yes, yeah, I appreciate that. So I appreciate that. And I, I think that is, you know, I think, you know, yeah, we have to be self-motivated and self-driven, but we also have to look at it regardless of what we believe. There's always eyes on you, whether it's the community, you know, the people that you work with, people are always looking. So you have to handle yourself in a professional manner. Um, And I can I'll be the first to say, I mean, I'm not perfect. I'll get out there and I'll joke around with guys all the time. But there's a time and place for everything. And I think that, you know, when we're when you're in certain settings, you have to be able to take off, you know, the fun hat and put on your professional hat. But you have to be able to do it in a respectable manner. And, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing is that regardless of rank, um, and, and I've always said this, I I feel like I can demand respect because I'm going to give it. I'm not going to come to you in a disrespectful manner. Regardless of what you've done or what the situation is, I'm going to always come to you respectful. And I think that for me, I've always said I can demand it because I'm going to give it. I'm never going to come to you disrespectful. And that's, I think that's just a, a sign of professionalism is that if you can, and my, my grandfather used to say that uh, you should be able to sit with kings, but still, you know, hang out with the peasants too. And, and not not saying that the firefighters are peasants, but you should be able right. to put on a hat wherever you go and nobody knows the difference of who you are or what your position is. You should be able to, fit into any room. And, and that's what I try to, I try to do. I, I, I can't say that I do it all the time, but I try to be able to put on many hats when, when needed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do a good job at it, but well, I appreciate and that. I, I think with that, especially, you know, being a DSO, yeah. you have to be able to oh, do yeah. that because I mean, we've all seen the guys who can't, Yeah, yeah. you know, and yeah. They, they can make life a little miserable and, for you. you. Know, and, and I think a lot a lot of it, too, again, it, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. I think a lot of it is, you know, they weren't taught the proper way to do it. I mean, you know, if, if you if your only example is a bad example, then I can't expect you to be good, great or, or, or the best. You know, right. so I think sometimes you do you have to go out and seek things. And, and, and I again, I was fortunate where I came from that there were great officers around me that gave me great nuggets of information, uh, told me how to conduct myself. They gave me, even if it wasn't a a verbal conversation, I saw the way they carried themselves. You know, they could still have fun and, and be that joking guy. But at the same time, when it was time to go to work, they were professional. And I think that's the, that's the difference between, you know, the generations of that, you know, um, I think a lot of us are able to do that. Yeah. It's a learned skill to be yeah. joking around or even having yeah. a disagreement yeah. at the station and straight up arguing. Yeah. And the bells go off and it stops. Yeah. Yeah. And you're on and you're 
on the rig and do your job and got to yeah you're able to communicate again without yeah. being angry yeah that's or, important or making yeah. that inappropriate I, joke at the wrong time well and i think you know <laughs> yeah because that's never happened on the way to a fire or no. anything but you gotta keep it loose yeah that's the thing well and i think like you were talking about you know examples and stuff you know whenever it boils down to leadership sure and we're talking about that a little bit whenever you have people that you're responsible for or, you know, in charge of however you want to yeah. spin it, you want to set your people up for success. Correct. So by giving you that knowledge or motivating you in a yeah. certain way without maybe you even knowing about it, yeah. you know, figuring out how to motivate people to seek that knowledge and everything, yeah. you set them up for success. So later on, okay, now you can promote yeah or so you don't want to promote you want to be a firefighter your whole career okay that's fine yeah you can lead from that position yeah absolutely so absolutely yeah, if, you're, I don't know. if you're one of those senior senior firefighters but a firefighter their whole career yeah sometimes those are your best leaders yeah because they're in the back with with the other guys, the young guys yeah and they're teaching from back there yeah on the way to a call on the way back where you can't usually hear the people up front because it's so loud yeah yeah and they're getting, they're still getting knowledge and from somebody who's up here Yeah. where when you start taking uh, the driver rank or the captain rank, chief rank, you're no longer up here. Yeah. yeah. And you, you know, as well, I mean, maybe it's different for the new guys now mm -hmm. than it was for us whenever we came on, but, or maybe it wasn't the same way for you guys as it was for me, but there were people that I worked with captains whenever I was brand new on the, that straight up, just, I was intimidated by sure. It. Like, Mm -hmm. They had a lot of knowledge or whatever, but I didn't feel like I could go talk to them and ask yeah. them questions yeah. because of the way they carried themselves mm -hmm. or whatever. Maybe missed out on some great stuff. And maybe that was just my own interpretation of how, but yeah. I didn't feel comfortable. And I, 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 know I, 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 I felt exactly the way you felt, you know, especially when I got to the, to my midtown district, uh, there were definitely some, uh, intimidating, uh, captains and officers in that district um i think my biggest thing was i was and i still am to this day i am afraid to make a mistake so i was a i was a guy that asked questions you know I, and and um fortunately I, I was met with um i was afforded the opportunity to to talk to those guys and to learn that perspective because i didn't want to be the one on the machine on the scene to make that mistake um, but, um, yeah, I, I think, I think the biggest thing I have one story. Uh, so when I first promoted, I was floating in a district and we had a very bad wreck on the highway and I had been on a pumper mine for just about my entire career. And I was on a truck that day and there was a guy on the rig that had, everyone had less time than I did, but those guys had been on that truck for, you know, four or five years together. And this was a bad extrication. And I remember just leaning on those guys and, Hey, you know what? I'm here in a support role. I'm going to let you guys take the lead on this. I know the basics we can get to it, but if you see something that I don't see, let me know. I'm, I'm going to lean on your expertise, but I think it was, the ability to talk to those captains that I didn't want to talk to, I think that's what gave me that confidence to lean on those guys because they've been there. 
You know, um, they had they had done done extrications time and time again, and and again, I could have done the basic stuff, but you know, there were some intricate things that we had to do, and I knew the gist of them, but those guys were proficient. And and when we got back from that call, I remember again we sat down at the table. It was kind of there's middle of the night. We had a cup of coffee. I'm like, hey, you know, great job. You know, and, and I asked the question, you know, why did you do that? And and now those guys are starting to verbalize. So to me, that was just as good for them as for me, because now they I feel like if you can teach somebody how to do it, then that means, you know, exactly what you're doing. And so it was a teachable moment for myself and for them. They were able to show me, you know, their ways or how they do it. And, and, and I was able to give them an understanding that, you know what, you're good at what you do. Hold on to that. Don't let somebody take that from you, because I think. It kind of got chaotic. Uh, there was another company that had got called in and I could tell that their mental was gone because they felt like the chief of that scene had lost confidence. And I just kept telling them, no, you're doing it. Just keep going. You know, I got your back. I'm going to be your support system. Tell me what you need and I'll get it for you. If you need me to do this, tell me that. And, and I think, again, we eventually got the person out, but I think I was there to to help build them up. I, again, they felt like that their chief had lost confidence. And, 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 and I think, again, from the admin side, the chief was looking at, you know, if this thing goes south, I'd rather have an extra tool and not need it than need one, not have it. So, yeah, again, from that admin side, you're, you're looking at things from a totally different perspective. You're looking at, you know, what could happen, you know, if, what could go wrong. Right. And I think a lot of times we have to separate. We have to step out of that scene, step out of that situation and say, okay, it's not a lack of confidence, but this you have to pre-plan. You have to plan for a just-in-case moment. And I, and, I, and that's what I had to share with them is like, it's not that he didn't trust you, but if he needed it, he'd rather have the resource there. So right. yeah, it was it was definitely a teachable moment, but... That's the difference in a leader and a manager. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and again, I think there was probably some animosity there prior to that. But, you know, like I told him, I said, I just just know you did a great job. Uh, you guys are great at what you do. Keep doing it. Keep getting better. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it was a teachable moment for, for, for everybody on that rig. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I think I, I've been fortunate to be able to sit down and have conversations sure. with chiefs throughout my career. Yeah. And, you know, with – captains, DSOs yeah. and all that stuff and been able to take some of that and see things from their perspective. Absolutely. As far as, you know, like you said, having resources available immediately yeah. as opposed to, okay, this went south. We need this, but we don't have it because yeah. I didn't call for it. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think maybe trying to say this without sounding like a jackass, but like at the firefighter level, job wide mm -hmm. guys don't think about that. Thing. Sure. And I think, I don't know if that's just a failure on leadership or if it's a failure for on it's that a, or so you're, you're still learning as a firefighter. Yeah. Right. So you don't think about having those resources and available or in staging. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's a big fire. Right. Cause they like, Oh, that makes sense. But everything else like, no, we can handle this yeah. in reality. Things can turn south yeah. real quick. Oh yeah, and you, you have you might not have experienced that yet, 
And then when you do experience it, like, you yeah, never want to sh- experience it again. Yeah. yeah. So you call in that extra company just in case. Yeah. yeah. We've there, there, there were times when, uh, when I was in Midtown, we pull up on a house fire and it's rocking and rolling and we go in. But there was one incident where we pulled up what seemed to be a great opportunity to go in and fight fire. Uh, my captain uh, said, no, we're not going in. But again, I, I think it is, it's, it's on purpose that we do have our blinders on as firefighters. All we see is there's a door, I'm going in. Yeah. But I think once you get to the next level of captain, your blinders go from here to they're kind of spread out. Now you can see a bigger picture. And there were things that my captain saw that I didn't see. But I think, again, what a great leader does is is you have these tabletop conversations. And so when we got back, I can't say I was pissed off, but I questioned him. I said, hey, you know, what did you see? And, and I didn't come in, a, again, in a disrespectful manner because this, this guy had time on. I trusted him with my life. Uh, I asked him, I said, what did you see that I didn't see? And he's went into detail. He's like, when we pulled up, I saw, you know, smoke puffing through the bricks. This was a, it was a, um, like a two story brick building fire was on the uh, second floor. And, um, we saw that we found the stairs. I'm like, perfect. We're going in. I got it. And he stopped me. I'm like, wow, what are we doing? Like, come on, man, this is easy. Yeah. Well, as soon as he stopped me, we start lobbing water in the window and you hear this big old crash. Well, the back half of this uh, building fell off. And so, like I said, in, in hindsight, I mean, again, as a firefighter, my blinds were here. All I could see what was what in front of me. But as a captain, I think he had a broader perspective or a broader vision. And he saw what I didn't see. And he, he saved us, you know. And so I, I think, again, great leaders have the ability to step out of their comfort zone and to make that uncomfortable decision. I mean, we know most departments or most companies in our department are aggressive. We are an aggressive department. Um, but I think it takes a great leader to be able to step out of the norm mm-hmm. and to make a call that's not normal. And, and I think that's what he did, you know, and, and again, the district that I was in was very aggressive, uh, a very proud district. But nobody questioned him because he was a seasoned vet, um, had been on the job for many, many years, great firefighter. So, again, I think that's the difference between a good leader and a great leader. You know, a good leader will say, you know what, if you think you can get it, go get it. But if you step back and you just give yourself a second and you look at the bigger picture, you can see things that you might have missed. So that's the thing when you get that experience when you go down there. Yeah. Even as a brand new firefighter, you got your very yeah. narrow <laughs> tunnel and, vision. And each, yeah, each fire you get, it gets wider and wider. Yeah. And then, even though you still have those blinders on, once yeah. they get this far, yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it's not a captain thing, in my yeah. opinion. It's an experience, and you sure. start all of a sudden it's opening. Yeah, yeah, wider and wider. So even, yeah. I mean, I've seen firefighters go, "Hey, hang on, hang on." Yeah, you see that, and everybody's like, "I, I oh, did do now." That. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I see yeah. it now. Yeah, but I didn't see it at first. You know, it's just that's that experience. Absolutely. The time on the job. Absolutely. And, and doing it. Yeah. Doing the reps. Yeah. You know, so you, let me pose the question to you. Sir. That situation, same situation, brand new floating captain makes that call. 
Uh, you know, the, the sad reality of it is it's going to depend on the captain. Uh, it's, it's going to depend on, and I hate to say it, but it's the truth. It's going to depend on the experience and quote unquote, where that captain is coming from. You know, have you been in this situation before? To, to validate your reason for not going in. And and I think, again, as a firefighter, I mean, you definitely listen to the direct order of your captain. But I think if that's a brand new captain, a floating captain, there'll be some blowback. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it. it we all know uh, in our department that we all have what we would like to what they would call street cred, you know, and, and it's, you know, is your advice credible? You know, what have you done to make me trust in what you've said? Yeah. Um, you know, that's, is it a, every department, is it a textbook thing that you're looking at or do you actually see something? And I yeah. think that's, that's kind of a downside, uh, you know, to, to what we do. Um, it's hard to take that information from someone who hasn't quote unquote been anywhere. It's not right, um, but uh, I mean, I think that's just the way. I think that's the way the industry works. I don't think it's just unique to our department. I think it's you know, why should I trust you? Why should I believe in what you're saying? Yeah. You know, in my mind, again, as a firefighter, well, we can get this. Okay, I don't think we can. Okay, now the firefighter for well, why? And, and again, you you can meet it with different methods but you know as 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 a great leader you can validate yourself by showing respect to those people that are asking you a question it doesn't matter if it's a firefighter your chief or whatever validate their feelings tell them what you saw and then go from there but i think it all it all depends on your delivery i mean if if you're disrespectful in the way that you approach the situation and expect to be met with the same disrespect. But I mean, if you, if you validate them by validating their feelings and what they've seen and what they're saying, then I think you'll be fine. But yeah, it is. It, it's, it's an unfortunate truth in this industry, but it, it is, it's, it's about street cred. I mean, if you, if you haven't been anywhere, or done anything, it's kind of hard to take that information from someone who in your mind hasn't been there yeah. right, wrong or indifferent. But I think that's, so, I think it's, I think it's an industry thing. I don't think it's, it's just unique industry, to us. Yeah. Thing. So basically what you're saying is because I told you so, mm -hmm. it's not a. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, you know, as you know, basically the leader person in charge, whatever that you were yeah. responsible for yeah. those four or five people, you're responsible for their Absolutely. life. And whenever you make a decision like that, and again, like we were talking about earlier, personality types. Yeah. We want to get in there. We want to get after yeah. it. And whenever you make a decision that's contrary to what, I mean, even your own feelings, yeah. you need to have some reasoning to back it up. Yeah. Say, okay, here's the reason why we went exterior yeah. instead of going in. Yeah. It's because I saw this. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, a captain that I uh, had before uh, told me that, we all have that feeling. We all have that feeling that something's not right. And what he told me was usually when you feel that, go with it. If you feel like this isn't right, go with that gut feeling. And I think a lot of times we feel it, 
But because of the nature of our department, we go against that. And usually that's when somebody something goes wrong, you know, so um, I, I would definitely say, you know, when you feel your spidey sense tingle, <laughs> I, I think that's the that's a good thing to go with, you know, and, and, and again, there's no harm in you're in a you're on the scene of a, you know, a rocking house fire. There's no harm in hitting it with big water and then coming back and mopping up. But again, it's going to depend on, you know, the guy making the decision like, yeah, are you scared or what did you see? Yeah, I, I, I saw something. I felt something. You, you know? know, and it's funny that you mentioned that hitting it big, with big water and all that stuff. Because yeah. I was, and this has been a couple of years ago, but yeah. I was working overtime mm-hmm. with a guy who has worked down in the city. Yep. He's got a ton of respect on yep. the job and, yep. you know, captain, now a chief. Yep. And we're sitting there talking about, yep. you know, fire stuff. Yep. And he's like, yeah, we pull up, we hit it with a dead gun. Yep. I'm like, what? Yep. Yeah, you guys do that? Yep. He's like, yeah. He goes, knock it down. He goes, it helps reduce injuries. And like, he starts listing out all this stuff. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And it's more like, I was blown away because it's like, okay, well we just grabbed the hose and we were, yeah. You know, and you know, and I I think back in the day, while you're you're hitting that hydrant, yeah, you're using your tank to knock that down. Gives you time to flake out the line, get your mask on. By the time you have your hydrant, you're down with the big water. Yep. And you can go in and usually, Visibility is a little bit better too. And I think, you know, it, again, back in the day, you know, prior to us being on the job, there was, I mean, those guys went in deep. They went deep. Um, I I think the downside to the newer generation of fire services that we, we have better equipment, better technology, but I think that's a double edged sword. I think a lot of times, we find ourselves getting into precarious situations because we are too deep. We do have that great bunker gear and we do have, you know, thermal imaging cameras that allows us to see things. But, you know, if if you can't rely on your senses, and this was told to me by a captain, oh captain of mine, if you can't rely on your you know, your senses to tell you when something is wrong, then you know, that's a problem. You yeah. know, and then and you, you'll see a lot of guys that and and I've seen it, you know, service industry wide where, you know, guys won't wear their ear protection, their their ear flaps down. And you talk to some of those older guys and they say, Well, I want my ears to be able to tell me when I'm too hot. And and, and I get it. I do. I get it. I'm not saying yeah. that it's right, I'm not saying that it's wrong, but those guys were taught to use what they have yeah. to tell them, you know, and I think that's the problem now is that we we have better technology, better equipment. I think we re rely on the equipment too much. And yeah. I think that kind of gets us into situations that could be avoidable. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, just from the sheer fact of construction techniques are different now. Yeah. Buildings yeah. are prone to collapse faster. Yeah. The materials that fill the building burn hotter now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it's not that they burn hotter, so they hit that peak temperature faster. Yeah. So it seems like it's hotter. It just gets there quicker because it gets there quicker to where yeah. it yeah. used to be later in the fire. You'd already been there a while. Yeah. So flashovers sooner now. That ma- Oh yeah. So your clock, yeah. your clock, you know, your 15 minute clock starts from flashover. <laughs> well, did flashover start yeah. two minutes before my arrival? Five, six, 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 It's all stuff you got to play on. Yeah. 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 Education. Yeah. I, I mean, it, no, you're right. I, I just, I just learned that in this instructor class. I was just taking man. Pretty and, wild, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, 
it's wild, man. Like you said, everything, everything is, 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 it burns a lot quicker than it used to. Um, so yeah, so now, you're, you're the, definitely the, right. Now you got to ask yourself, was this an electrical yeah. fire? Was it an accidental fire? Was it a kitchen fire with you grease? Know. Did somebody pour it? So it's incendiary. Yeah. How long has it been burning until we say got that, there? Yeah. Say that word again. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm not saying word, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Incendiary. No, yeah, no, there you're you absolutely go. right. But, you know, it's all things you got to think about as whether you're the captain or you're riding out as captain. Yeah. You know, or, or you're the chief. Yep. So, especially in, like, in newer houses and now even your older houses that are getting bought that need to be rehabbed. Yeah. What material they put in. Yep. Do they oh. keep the old material that was in there mm-hmm. and, and save it or is it all taken out? And now all for new stuff, all new yeah. stuff, but you still have yep. that old look. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot to think about. And like you said, it's, you got to learn every day. Yeah. Every day, man. I, you know, and, and I, I do, I, I try to learn something every day, especially when I'm at work, something new, whether it be something on a computer or something new in, in our district or whatever. I, I try to learn that. But I think for me, the way that I learn it is if I see it, I go back and I tell somebody about it. If I can talk to my chief or talk to the guys that I'm at the station, we're like, hey, did you know this? That to me is showing me, okay, you got it. You're processing it. Now you're storing it back into your recesses so that when you see it again, you know exactly what it is. You know how to attack it. You know, And, and I think that is... I think that's the best advice I give anybody is just to learn it. And, 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 and if you, if you learned it well enough, you should be able to take that information and give it to somebody. And if you can't do that, you need to go back and learn it again. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And it's not just fire stuff. It's the medical stuff. Oh, do. dude. Yeah. We that, are. That changes. Of course weekly. the medic has to bring up the medical stuff. Well, I mean, you know, and, and, and I'll remember yeah. that next time you need a medical. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. learn that. Well, you know, and, and, and I, again, it, it goes back to, you know, the type of construction and all that. And you, we don't, we're not fighting fire like we used to. You know, I, I it's not a popular thing to say, but I think anybody that's in the industry will say we are now medical departments that are running a little bit of fire. I think that is the bulk of all of our calls industry-wide is that we are a medical department. We still run fire, but we've almost worked ourselves out of work as far as, you know, code enforcement. Things are better. Mm-hmm. Things still burn, but, I mean, they don't burn like they used to. You think about, just since we've been on the job, think about the amount of fires we ran when we first came on to now. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you still hear the long tones come in, but yeah, it's not the food same. on the stove or, you know. Yeah, they don't can, yeah. seem to – you know, they don't get big. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, we got, if you get one small, most of the fires that we run now, it seems like you can get with one small right now, which is, I mean, it's still good. But think about when we first came on, there was always, you know, two small, three small. You know, yeah. we're, we're fly piping, we're doing something drastic. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's just different. I mean, it, to be honest, NFPA's done a great job pushing yeah. codes and code enforcement. Yeah. And yeah. teaching investigators and teaching inspectors yep. what yeah. to look for and yep. kind of cracking down on, on that a little bit. Yep. You know, then you have your big events like the nightclub fire out East. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or the boat fire out West. Yeah. And all that stuff plays into, okay, where, where do we mess up at? Yep. How do we fix this? How do we make sure it doesn't yep. happen again? They have stricter codes, more buildings are sprinklered. Yep. And if you rehab it, you have to put a sprinkler in. Yep. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. or a standpipe for so many, yeah. so many yeah. floors. Which is why, you know, he was talking about we've had to basically diversify mm-hmm. and start doing a lot more EMS. Yes. You know, we still, it's a sad fact, but people still drive, people still crash their car. Yeah. A lot. Yep. So we do a lot of that. Yep. You know, and there's always medical stuff involved with that. We run a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. ambulance stuff. Well, even even in, like, car wrecks. Yeah. What your decision, where to cut, and how to cut. Oh yeah. How aggressive to be. Yeah. Plays on what's going on inside the car with the patient. Yeah. We yeah. didn't have electrical they, vehicles when we first came yeah. on the job. I'm not even talking yeah. about electric. Yeah. Not not even the hybrid stuff. Yet. Yeah. I'm just talking about the straight person. Sure. Where's their legs? Where, where yep. are they trapped at? Where are they hurt at? Yep. Is it a neck injury and a spine injury? Is yep. it a head injury? Do I need to go faster? Do I need to grip it, rip it? Yeah. Or can I take my time? It all plays into what we do. Yeah. So having that understanding and that training leads right back into, I mean, it's, it's, it all plays onto itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. What was it Dr. Carney always said? The multifactorial? Multifactorial, yes. Yeah. Well, it's the same a, thing. I mean, that's that medical, fire, it's, all, it's yeah. all intertwined where yeah. we need to be proficient. Yeah. At all of it. Yeah. Even if you don't like a certain aspect. Yeah. And I think that's that's kind of the downside to this transition uh, in our department is I think we, we need to learn how to integrate the two disciplines. Uh, and that's the hardest part. You know, we still got the old school mentality where, you know, this is how it was when I came on. But the job has evolved. I mean, it mm-hmm. evolves daily. And in, in every department that's yeah. done that has yeah. gone through the growing pains yep. of learning how to, it's like getting a, a new sibling mm-hmm. when you're a kid. Yep. Like, no, no, I'm the kid. Yeah. I'm the child. Yep. And yeah. now you've got a little brother or sister. Yeah. Well, and, and they and get you're trying the to, bulk of the attention. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're try, when you're trying to figure out how to coexist in the yeah. same house or in the same room or something like that, it's not something you're used to. Yeah. Well, and I think something that maybe people should step back and realize is we're master adapters. Mm. So think about it. I mean, we get called, we never know what we're going to. Sure. It's no different now that hasn't changed uh, as a part of our job description. Yeah. As I mean, we could get called out on water in a basement yep. on a house fire, on a car wreck, on an EMS call mm-hmm. that cat turns out to be, mm-hmm. yeah, cat yeah. in a tree, yeah. whatever you want to call it we have to be able to adapt. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of guys are like, well, no, this isn't how it was. Well, no, this is how it was. Yeah. Why do you want to get stuck in yeah. and pigeonholed? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think uh senior firefighter, when I went down in Midtown, he told me that, you know, this job is problem solving one-on-one. You know, we think it's, oh, we just got to put the wet stuff on the hot stuff. But, yeah, I mean, you have to be able to problem solve because there's no such thing as, you know, a bread and butter fire, cookie cutter fire. I mean, everything is different. You know, like I said, mm-hmm. in, in that midtown area, you have houses that are chopped up. That You know, it's a three-story house that's now a 10-bedroom apartment. So, you know, where are the stairs? They close these stairs off. So you have to be able to adapt to the situation and maneuver around it in the same way with car wrecks, like you were saying with, you know, extrications and all those types of things. I mean, I think the best firefighters are the ones that are able to think on their feet, problem solve and make the situation better, be able to mitigate the situation. So yeah, you're, you're a thousand percent, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. I like being a thousand percent, right? Yeah. Especially around him. Boom. <laughs> Cause he's never, right. <laughs> 
hey, yeah. I, I was right enough to come out number 13. Mm, uh-oh. Yeah, he, he's still stuck in that, <laughs> in that theory about the whole, I came out hard, I'm going to be a good captain. <laughs> no. You're going to struggle. People are going to hate got, you. I think well. you both will make great officers. I can't wait to see it happen. Um, and, and again, That's you why know, I'm coming to work with you. I, I, I One of the reasons. You know, I, I tell it to anybody, and then I'm sure they'll – I think they would say the same. I try to make myself available to everybody. You know, as a safety officer, I make it a point to give my number out. You know, hey, if you got a question about whatever, call me, text me. And I get those phone. And, and sometimes it gets frustrating. But again, that comes in that leadership role. You 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 make yourself accessible to build that confidence and that trust. I can trust you. I trust you to come to me with stuff that you can't handle. You know, if it's you know, little peon stuff. And I'm like, I don't respond, but, yeah. and I think people kind of get the point, but if it's something that you need help with, I want to be available for you. And that's, I think that's, that's a sign of true leadership and, and growth on my part. You know, I used to be that guy that it was, I want to take care of me, but now I have to look at it from a position now that people are depending on me. So I want to, I want to gain that trust. I want to make sure that they can, Come to me with whatever. I, I try to validate all concerns, even the petty ones. You know, I'll, I'll respond, but I'm like, you know, this is this is kind of yeah crazy. But where's your priority? Yeah, this at? is this is the way that I would do it. Yeah. Okay, I got you now. So, well, I mean, is it fi- correct me if I'm wrong? But is it fair to say that um, in the position that you're in now, mm-hmm. you're you spend a lot of your time actually helping other firefighters and captains in your district more than you interact with the public. I, I would say so. Yeah. 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 I, that's, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. yeah. I, I try to, I, I try to give them, um, more than anything, a different perspective. Um, you know, I think that's what li- life is all about perspective. You know, you have your perspective and then you have the other perspective, but, um, I try to, get that person to look outside of what you see, look at it from another point of view, especially the the biggest thing is in daily staffing. You know, I, I think that's the biggest complaint now is that, you know, well, why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? Well, again, there's every single day, there's a million and one ways you can deploy your district and everybody's not going to be happy. But I try to give people the perspective of, you got to look at what the chief is looking at. He has to, make the whole district right, not just your particular situation. So could he have done it another way? Probably. But the way he chose was more beneficial to the district as a whole, not just to you. And I think once you once you get that perspective, you you kind of get it. But sometimes you've got to I've invited people down, captains, to, you know, the days that I've actually been in the chief seat. I'm like, you know, you come down, you do the lining up, and then you'll see certain things just make more sense. It may not make sense to you, but if you look at it from a different perspective, take yourself out of the equation, look at the the district at large, it all makes sense. It may not make sense at the time or it may not be a favorable decision, but as a whole, this makes more sense. Yeah. Again. From a certain point of view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I went Star Wars nerd on you there. So. I got it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Man, this I, was awesome. I, I really appreciate uh, it. I, I hope to get another invite. You do it again? Uh, oh, yeah. I'll yeah. do it again. Yeah. I, I think there's a, there's a lot of stones that we haven't turned over. I'm in. So. I'm in. Yep. Just, hey, call me, text me. You got my number. I'm here. You might, this not, is you might not text you back because it's not important enough, though. No. <laughs> That's what he said. That's what no, I heard. No, no. This, this <laughs> is those were his words. Those were his words. Were his words. That, it it's was. not important enough. I don't text back. Some, yeah, something. You, you, I'm going to start blowing his phone up next you, time. He's oh. got five minutes. You get, you get the text message like, wow, are we really yeah, going well, down that I'm rabbit like, hole? Mm, yeah. <laughs> no, not going to respond to that one. <laughs> but, again, you know, I, I do. I, I'd rather you text me than – put that on the chief's table i'm like yeah because then you might get it depends on my mood that day yeah you, you might get a different <laughs> answer so i again i i'm 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 the buffer if it's if it's something that warrants him we'll go there but i try to be the in between so you know this was great i appreciate the opportunity always a good time to gain knowledge and give a little bit out so this was awesome i appreciate it yeah. well we appreciate you coming this was dope 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 so um everybody thanks for stopping by uh if you are struggling or you know somebody that's struggling um reach out there is always help out there so thanks and take care of yourself